alive and powerful, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to purge, pierce asunder, and divide <coughs> joints and marrow. The word of healing is able to divide sickness off from us and to cause our health to spring forth speedily. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So John wished that above everything else that he wished for his, the people that he ministered to. And that is the heart of God. That's the heart of the shepherd. That is the heart of Jesus Christ. Gloria Copeland, in her teaching, God Wants You Well, explained that the Lord told her to begin to teach what she knew about divine health and healing because he wanted his people well. And you can see that healing is very much in the heart of God to give to his people. Because Jesus was wounded so that we could be healed. So you can see that God's heart is that he really, really wants people well. And we forget that sometimes. That he took a beating so that we wouldn't have to and if we would merely believe that everything that needs to be done for our healing is done. If we could believe, and only believe, and not doubt, that we are healed, in spite of physical symptoms, in spite of diagnoses, in spite of what the doctors tell us, we are healed. It is written, we are healed. It is a matter of biblical record that by his stripes, we are healed. And we're not waiting for stripes to be placed on Jesus. They've been placed on him already. And so we are already healed. And all we need to do is learn to resist sickness and resist symptoms. Resist the things of Satan. We can resist this sickness like we resist sin. And if we would just say with our mouths, Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Satan, I command you to take these symptoms off my body. I resist you. High blood pressure, I resist you in Jesus' name. You're not a part of me. I don't receive you. I won't let you stay in my body. And keep talking to these foul symptoms until they're totally gone. And we can experience divine health and total wholeness in Jesus' name. We are bought with a price. And we are purchased and redeemed from the curse of sickness by his precious blood. Exodus 15:26, he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. And so the Lord wants us to know that he has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies and that there is healing at the Father's table. There is healing in the bread of the word. Jesus is the bread from heaven and he said that healing is the children's bread. So we ask God to give us every day our daily bread. We feed the word every day. Speak the word of healing to your body every day. Speak the word that you are healed every day. And as you say with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you will be made whole. 
bestow it with our mouth. And so God has ordained that the law of faith be uh, applied so that we can receive everything that he has for us. Reading again from one word from God, this is Gloria Copeland teaching on the harvest of health. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth, and shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. So if God's word will not return without doing what it's supposed to do, whenever we speak the word of healing to ourselves, whenever we say, I am healed, some healing takes place on the inside of us. Sometimes we have to plant a lot of that word before we get the total harvest, but sometimes we can see symptoms diminish a little bit at a time because that word gets planted in us and then it begins to prosper in our body because we send it into our body. This year, I have some revolutionary news for you. God wants you healthy every day. Oh, I know that you may quickly think, I know God will heal me when I get sick. Well, that's true, he will. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm telling you God's perfect will is for you to live continually in divine health. His will is for you to walk so fully in the power of his word that sickness and disease are literally pushed away from you. Isn't that good news? You've probably heard a lot about God's healing power, but there is a difference between divine healing and divine health. Years ago, the powerful preacher John G. Lake put it this way, quote, divine healing is the removal by the power of God of the disease that has come upon the body. But divine health is to live day by day, hour by hour, in touch with God, so that the life of God flows into the body, just as the life of God flows into the mind and flows into the spirit. I agree that it is wonderful to get healed when you're sick, but it's more wonderful to live in divine health. And that's what God has always intended for his people. Even under the old covenant, God promised his people immunity from disease. Exodus 23:25 says, And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. That promise is even stronger under the new covenant. Isaiah, looking forward to what Jesus would accomplish on the cross, wrote, Surely he, Jesus, had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. The Apostle Peter, looking back at that same event, wrote, To his own self there are sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Were healed, as past point. Jesus finished your healing process on the cross. He paid the price for you to be whole. He bought righteousness for your spirit, peace for your mind, and healing for your body. As far as Jesus is concerned, you're not the sick trying to get healed. You're the healed, and Satan is trying to heal yourself. I'm going to repeat that. As far as Jesus is concerned, you're not the sick trying to get healed. You are the healed, and Satan is trying to heal yourself. It's simple. 
I remember when Ken and I realized that, it changed everything for us. They quit trying to talk God into healing us and began instead resisting sickness and disease the way we resisted sin. No third story on a vacant lot. Once you understand God's will really is for you to live in divine health, you can't help but question why so many believers live sick. It seems puzzling at first, but the answer is very simple. Many of them just aren't willing to do what it takes to be well. People want to be well. No one wants to be sick. But to be well, you have to make choices. How often have you seen someone with a hacking cough still smoking a cigarette or an overweight person eating an ice cream cone? Our fleshly nature likes to take the easy way, and it's much easier to give in to habit than to break them. It's easier to give in to your flesh and watch television every night like the rest of the world than to spend your time putting God's healing word into your heart. I recently heard Charles Capp say that some people try to build a fake story of a building on a vacant lot. That sounds funny, but spiritually speaking, it's true. A lot of people want to enjoy the benefits of healing without building the foundation for it from the Word of God. It can't be done. If you want a building, you have to start the low ground level. If you want a harvest, you're going to have to plant something first. Everything in the natural world works that way. Ken calls it the law of Genesis. This law of planting and reaping works in the spirit realm too. It governs health. Prosperity. In fact, everything in God's kingdom is governed by the law of planting and reaping. Jesus taught about it in Mark 4, 26-29. There he said, So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear, and when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put it in the sickle, because the harvest is come. According to the law of sowing and reaping, if you want health, you need to do more than just want it. You either need to do more than believe in you. You need to plant seed that will eventually grow up and yield a harvest of health. What kind of seed produces physical health? Proverbs 4, 20-22 says, My son, I tend to my word, Incline thine ear unto my saying, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life to those that find them, and help to all their flesh. The word health in Hebrew means medicine. God's word has life in it. It is actually spirit food. As you feed on it, you become strong spiritually and physically. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Read the word. Meditate on the word. That's taking God's medicine. If you would be faithful to take it continually, it eventually will be as hard for you to get sick as it ever was for you to get well. But it's a process. You can't just read the healing scriptures once and then go on about your business. You must continually feed on the word of God to keep the crop of healing coming up in your life. Isaiah 55, 11 says the word of God prospers or succeeds in the things for which it is sent. That means his word about healing will produce healing. It may not produce it right away, but the more you let the word work in you, the greater your results will be. In other words, the size of your harvest will depend on how much seed you plant. How much time and attention you give to the word of God will determine how much crop you will yield. 
You see, you're hard to rational your spirit. Its capacity is unlimited. You can plant as much seed in your heart as you have hours in a day. If you build your life around the word, you can have a full return. Jesus called it a hundredfold return. Now, some people will argue about that. They'll say, well, it didn't work for me. I... I put God's word about healing into my heart and I'm still sick. But do you know what? They give themselves away the minute they say such things. Jesus taught out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. If those people had actually planted God's word in their hearts in abundance, they'd be talking about healing and not sickness. They'd be saying, by his stripes I am healed. The same is true for you. The more you put God's word in your heart, the stronger you'll become. And eventually that word inside you will begin to come out of your mouth in power and deliver. Don't wait until you have a need to start speaking the word. Start speaking it now. I never forget the first time I realized the importance of speaking God's word. It was years ago when Ken had just started preaching and I was staying at home with our children. We were in a desperate situation financially and I was eager for answers. One day I was sitting at my typewriter, typing notes and listening to tapes. I wrote Mark 11:23. So verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he is saying shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Suddenly the truth of that last phrase just jumped out at me, and the Lord spoke to my heart and said, Inconsistency lies the power. He was telling me that it's not just the words you speak when you pray to change things, it's the words you speak all the time. If you want to see your desire come to pass, you need to make your words match your prayer. Don't try to pray in faith and then get up and talk unbelief. Talk faith all the time. Romans 4.17 says, God calleth those things that be not as though they were. So if you want to receive something from God, follow his example. Speak it. That's the way faith works. You speak the word of God concerning what you want to happen. If what you're looking for is health, then go to the word that tells you by his stripes you were healed. And put that in your mouth. Don't talk sickness, talk health. Don't talk the problem, talk the answer. You always, what you plant always grows. But glory, you say, all that sounds so simple. It is simple. Sometimes I think that's why God chose me to teach it, because I'm simple. When I read the word of God, I just believe it's speaking to me personally. I don't worry and fuss and say, well, I wish that wouldn't, would work for me, but I don't think it will because of this or that. I just expect God to do what he says. And you can do the same thing. You can come to the word like a little child and say, Lord, I receive it. I believe your word above all, and I trust you with my life. And if you will, you'll never be disappointed. How can you get that kind of simple, childlike faith by hearing the word of God? Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So you need to know something else. That comes by hearing also. That's why Jesus said, Be careful what you're hearing. What you're hearing can be a matter of life and death when you're dealing with healing. If you go into a church, for example, that teaches healing has passed away, or that God uses sickness to teach you something, and you keep hearing that Sunday after Sunday, what do you think will grow in your heart? Doubt, not faith. Once you plant inside your heart grows always. That will grow and keep you bound. Truth will grow and make you free. So be careful what you're hearing. Listen to the word of God. As Proverbs 4.21 says, Let them not depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart.
Read the word every day. Make note cards for yourself using the healing scriptures and tape them to your mirror. Play attention tape. Listen to them in your car. Listen to them while you dress in the morning. If you listen to the word while you're driving back and forth to work every day, you'll be surprised how fruitful the time will become. Then I change your life. I challenge you to try it. God's words have power in them. When you keep them in the midst of your heart, they become life and healing and health. They are medicine, God's medicine. But beware, people will try to discourage you and keep you from taking that medicine. They'll tell you things like, if God wants us to live in divine health, why does Sister so-and-so suffer so much sickness and she was a fine Christian? Don't let them throw you off track. Instead, just remember this. You don't live in divine health because you're a fine Christian. No one does. You live in divine health because you take the word of God and keep it in front of your eyes. You keep it going in your ears. You keep it in the midst of your heart and you apply it to your life. You live in divine health because you believe God for it, because you talk about it, because you act on it day after day after day after day. Don't wait until an emergency comes. Don't wait until your body is weak and sick to start feeding on healing scriptures. Start now. Start God's word of healing in the good faith soil of your heart daily and then get excited. Your harvest of health is on the way. Father, we thank you that we plant right now. We're planting the seed of your word in the middle of our heart. And Father, we expect to have a great harvest. We expect, Lord, to have a hundredfold return because your word is so perfect and so pure. And we don't doubt your word, Father. We have a, an open door for your word. We thank you that your word is going in right now and bringing health and wholeness to every fiber of our mortal body. Thank you, Father, that healing words are health to all of our flesh. As we diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord our God and do that which is right in his sight, we hear your commandments and keep all of your statutes. You promise none of the diseases which you brought upon the Egyptians will you bring upon us, for you are the Lord who heals us. So we magnify you, Lord. We exalt you, Jesus, as our great good God. Your way to good to lead us in sickness because there's so much healing power in your word. And so, Lord, we receive your word. We exalt your word. We take your word in. We love your word. We partake of your word and we speak your word. And we thank you for your word. We speak the word of God to our bodies. We say our bodies are healed. Our bodies are whole. Our bodies are sturdy. They are sound in every way. Our bodies are saved, just as our spirits are. Thank you, Father, that our bodies are healed. Thank you, Lord, that we are whole. Thank you, Lord, that we walk in divine health in Jesus' name. Amen. Reading from Lillian Yeoman, Health and Healing. She's talking about healing pictures in the Bible. Books of instruction sent with machines are well illustrated. People, especially children, learn more easily from pictures than in any other way. They will turn over the leaves of a picture book for hours, and teachers find that the time is well spent if the book is a good one. God has placed many beautiful pictures in the Bible, our book of instruction. So some of these, we learn how to be free from sickness. Let us look at the picture of the Passover lamb in Exodus 12. The great-grandchildren of Abraham came down to Egypt to live because there was no food in Canaan. They had a very hard time there, for the Egyptians were cruel to them. Worse still, they failed to do some of the things that God of their fathers had told them to do. 
But when they cried to God, he was merciful and took them out of Egypt to lead them to a new home. When the king of Egypt, who was very strong with his army and war chariots, would not let them go, or God told him to, God warned him that he would send an awful slave that would leave one dead in every house. But before God did this, he told Moses, his servant, to tell the children of Israel, as they were called, to do <clears throat> what to do to keep the plague away from their home. The father of each house was told to take a pure, spotless lamb without any flaw in it for himself and his children. I can see the picture, can't you? The little ones gather around as the father brings in the lovely little creature and cry, Oh, isn't it Snow White? May I have it, father? It's coated as soft as down. I want it for a pet. But the father shakes his head sadly. No, my child, you may not have the little lamb. What are you going to do with it, father? I'm going to kill it and put its blood on the door so that when the death angel comes to our house, we will pass over it. This night he is bringing death to every home on which there is no blood. Oh, father, must the lamb die? Yes, it must die that you may live. And that night there was a great cry in all the land of Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one child dead. But in the blood-marked times of the children of Israel, all was well, not so much as one tiny sick child. And Paul the Apostle tells us that in this scene we have a picture of what the Lamb of God does for those who trust him. So he says, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. I knew a lady who had a very large and very sickly family. People used to joke because there seemed to be almost always a placard on the house with measles and scarlet fever or chicken pox. Once it was smallpox. But it was no joke to the lady for she had so many children that it took a great deal of her time to nurse them through these awful sicknesses. And besides, she loved her boys and girls and feared she might lose them. And by that time, God was pouring out his Holy Spirit on us in that town, and some of us were praying and reading our Bibles day and night. This poor mother heard of our meetings and crept in one day. She told us her troubles, and we talked to her about the Lamb of God who bore all our sins and sicknesses. We said, put the blood on the door, and it will keep these plagues away. But you and the children must feed on the Lord Jesus in the Word, and the children of Israel ate the flesh of the Passover lamb. She did what we said. I knew her for years after that, and she never had another health problem department called on her house. She read and read and read the book of instructions and taught it to others so that sick people used to go to her house. The blood of the Lamb of God was on the door to be made well through prayer, just as the Demolex went to Abraham, and many of them were healed. When the awful influenza plague was killing its millions in almost every house, bore a placard. My sister, Amy Yeoman, said to everybody she could reach, there will never be a placard in our home, not because we are any better than anyone else, but because the blood is on the door, and the destroying angel must pass over. God said so. She made her boast in the Lord, and God honored his own words. I visited some stricken ones that had sent to me, but it never entered our home. After the Passover, Pharaoh was in a hurry to get the children of Israel away. The Egyptians were so frightened at what had happened in their homes that they gave them silver and gold as well as clothing to keep them, help them on their journey. They took food, but Moses, who was a doctor, did not take any drugs or trusted God to keep them from disease as he did during the terrible plague that killed the Egyptians. And the Bible says that there is not one feeble among them. All were ready for the day's march and set out with shining faces and shoulders squares. 
When they came to the Red Sea, God landed away, and they walked over on dry land and finally him a place to God on the other side. When Pharaoh tried to follow them to take back to Egypt, he was sorry he was to take them back to Egypt because he was sorry he, was, he had let them get away. He and all his hosts and chariots were buried in the Red Sea, which came rolling back when God's people were safely over. Now we shall look at another picture. Let us call it the Wonderful Tree. When the Israelites had gone some distance, they were um, they met a great trial. The water was so bitter that though they were thirsty, they could not drink it. Exodus 15, 23, and 24. Sometimes very bitter water makes you sick at the stomach. I am sorry to say that they did a very wrong thing. They complained against Moses, who had been sent by God to deliver them from the iron furnace of Egypt. Over and over again, in the book of instructions, we are warned that if we misuse our tongues, which God gave us to glorify him, we shall be sick. Proverbs 13.3 But if they did the wrong thing, Moses did the right thing, so he cried to God. And God did the most wonderful thing for them. He showed Moses a tree. It was a wonderful tree. And it was there all the time. But even Moses did not see just how wonderful it was till God showed it to him. He told them to throw this tree into the waters, and they would become sweet. And sure enough, when the poor people with their tongues cleaving to the roof of their mouths for dryness, dared to take a drink, and was sweet to their taste. Oh, how they drank and drank and drank of the sparkling water. And right there, God gave them a promise with still sins, and will sin forever. For God does not change. We call it the covenant of healing. As you know, a covenant is a solemn path, a bargain. It says, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon me which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Water is a type of life. Our bodies are largely made up of it. But the water of human life is bitter at its very source because of sin. Even a newborn baby may get sick and die. It may be born quickly. There is only one thing that can make life water pure and sweet, free from sin, sickness, and other defilement, and that is the tree. Do you ask, they tell me where it grows. I want to find it and pass it into my life, for the bitterness of sin and sickness is more than I can bear. What shall I do? Exactly what Moses did. Cry unto the Lord, and he will show you the cross of Calvary's hill, and one hanging on it, dying under the double burden of your sins and sickness. A great prophet saw it 700 years before Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem and cried, Surely he has borne our diseases and carried our pains. Isaiah 53, 4. When the Lord Jesus Christ came and lived on the earth 700 years after this was written about him, the evangelist Matthew tells us that when they brought sick people to him, he healed them all. And this word of the prophet, that this word of the prophet might be fulfilled. It had to be fulfilled because it was the word God put into his heart. It has to be fulfilled today, for God cannot lie. Remember, you must pass the tree into the water of your life by looking at the cross of Calvary and believing God who says, I am the Lord that heals me. Father, we thank you that you are the Lord that healeth us, that you heal us over and over and over again. You heal all of our diseases. You forgive all of our iniquities. You cast everything into the sea. 
And we thank you, Father, that it is there no more for us. It is removed from us. We thank you, Jesus, that as we magnify you and exalt you, we make you bigger than our diseases. That as we worship you, we find favor and blessing with you. That as we keep our covenant of worship with you, that peace descends upon us and we fear no more. So we thank you, Jesus, for being our healer. Thank you, Lord, that we are healed. Thank you, Lord, that sickness has no place in our mortal body. Thank you, Lord, that we are refused disease, we resist disease, and it must flee from us, no matter what the disease is. Satan, we bind you, and we command you to take our cancer from us, our tumors from us, we resist everything that the devil has tried to put upon us and force us to receive in the name of Jesus. We don't have it. It doesn't belong to us. We only have help and healing from our God. And we refuse every foul, demonic disease that the devil has to offer. We cast it down. We refuse it. We resist it. You can't put it on us. You've got to take it back. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to you. Jesus took it from us. And we bear it no more. We don't want it. We're not going to take it. Take it back in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Jesus, that we are here. We thank you, Lord, that we are here. We thank you, Lord, that we are here. Again, reading from Health and Healing, this teaching is called, Will the Lord Heal Me? In the last book of the Old Testament, written by the prophet Malachi, his name means the messenger of Jehovah, we read of a glorious sunrise of which God gave him a vision. There was a very dark age, and perhaps the messenger was almost ready to give up hope. For God knew how to cheer his heart and the hearts of others who were longing for the coming of Christ. He said, Unto you that fear my name, unto you that fear my name, shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves and as fall. That's in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2. It was four dark centuries before the Lord Jesus Christ, before the word came true in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The light of the world who cried to men, He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. This was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. All we have to do is to get close enough to him, and we shall find healing in his wings. To get the light and warmth of the sun, you have to turn toward it like the sunflower, which always looks sunward. So we must look to the Lamb of God for healing, that is, look to the Word of God for healing. Let the blessed rays of divine light and life play all through our whole being. One of the most wonderful healings I ever saw was given through the sunrise scripture, Malachi 4.2. A Baptist minister whose wife was a beloved sister in Christ was very sick. He had a deep-seated abscess or pocket of pus under his tongue. His throat, tongue, and all the parts near it were swollen to many times their normal size. 
His tongue was so large that it would not stay in his mouth, but hung out a large purple mass. He could not swallow nor say one word. He was in awful pain. They had a very good surgeon, but he could not operate because he said it was too dangerous. He said he would watch the case for a while, but could not promise that the man would live. The minister and his wife had been believers in divine healing, and when they saw that all human hope was gone, they made up their minds to cast themselves on the great physician. So the wife asked the doctor for his bill. He said, I do not want to give you a bill. I have done nothing for you. I would rather wait and see if I can operate. The minister's wife said, the doctor, we are sure you have done your best, and we want to pay you. You will be willing to say that everything had been done that could be done, would you not? Yes, said the doctor, but I would rather not take any money. The wife insisted and said, we are going to have another doctor. Well, let me call him in consultation. This doctor does not consult with other doctors. He has to, said the doctor. The law demands it. And then the wife says, our new doctor is the Lord Jesus. So that night, some believers were sent for to pray for the man. After prayer, I begged the sister to go to bed because she had not had any sleep for many nights. I told her to believe God for real healing. Just then the Lord flashed this verse, Malachi 4-2, into my mind and said, Give it to her and tell her to believe it. It seemed almost heartless to talk about gambling like a calf when her husband was so far gone. But that was the reading in the margin of my Bible, and I gave it to her. She pillowed her head on this word of God and went to sleep. A brother took care of a groaning sick man. After a while, the Lord said to the brother who was acting as nurse, Sit on his bed and make him rest his head on your breast. I will give him sleep. This was done, and the brother dimmed the light. In a few moments, the sick man was fast asleep. He had not slept for many nights. As the brother supported the sick man's head, he rested his own head on God's word. In 20 minutes, he smelled the most awful odor he had ever smelled. Turning up the light, he found the whole bed and all their clothing simply soaked in vile-smelling poisonous pus. God had operated and removed the poison. The sick men wakened perfectly well, and together they had a bonfire and burned up everything, even the masters. Then they scrubbed the place, and when the little wife awakened, she had a well husband who was hungry for breakfast. A year or so afterwards, when they had moved out of town, the minister made a great big sled on which he used to draw his wife to church. It was a bright winter's day, and he played that he was a skittish coat and kicked up his heels. Then the Lord said to the wife, What is that? And she remembered the word of the Lord which promised that he would go forth and gamble or play like a calf or skip like a calf. The Lord has never lost his power, as the Baptist minister proved to himself. So we have to be very careful when we are trusting God's word to make sure we are in the place where we can claim it for our own. This promise is addressed to those who fear my name, God's name, and, what, and that means that we ask in submission to his will. Indeed, it is because we see in the book of instructions that it is his will that our bodies should be strong and healthy, and we feel it to be our duty to ask him to heal us. Then this promise is for those who have childlike confidence, like the Apostle John who lay on Jesus' breast. To receive a healing, we must draw near to the heart of love, but under his very wings. The Lord Jesus said in his sad farewell to Jerusalem, 
How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Let us be as simple as little chickens and nestle under his great strong wings. No disease can enter there. It is so much, e so much easier for us than it was for those in Malachi's time. For his vision has, for his vision has come to pass. The Lord Jesus Christ has made man and dwelt among us. We have beheld his glory. He was crucified for us and buried, but death could not hold him. And he rose from the dead and ascended to the right hand of God, where he is exalted, and hath shed forth the Holy Spirit upon those who believe. Through men like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, and others, the Holy Spirit has given us the wondrous story of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. We find him going about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That's 10.38. One time he came into a synagogue on the Sabbath to teach and saw there a poor woman who was bent double and could not lift herself up. And he called her to him. That is the first step to get near to him. It was very hard for her to come, deformed as she was, and unable to lift her head. It was very humiliating, too, and to make it harder for her, the ruler of the synagogue was angry and did not want her healed on the Sabbath day. But she came to Jesus. Don't let anything keep you from coming to him. And the Lord Jesus said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid hands upon her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. When the ruler of the synagogue spoke angrily because the Lord Jesus Christ had made this woman well on the Sabbath day, the Lord said, Doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to water him? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan is bound late his eighteen years, be loosed from his bond on the Sabbath day? So Jesus said she ought to be healed. And he loves you just as much as he loved her, and died to take your sins and sickness away just as much as hers. Then you ought to be healed. How false is it if you stay sick? Not the thought of the Lord Jesus. He bore your sickness and sin on the cross, and all you have to do is take pardon in healing. I was called to pray for a neighbor later, lady who was suffering a great deal. She was saved and has the baptism in the Holy Spirit, as in Acts 2.4. But she was in such pain and felt so weary of suffering that she hardly seemed to want to get well. But I told her this great truth from the lips of the Lord himself that she ought to get well. It was her duty, I told her, and she saw that she owed it to her Lord to be well and go after her father's business. So she took healing like a dear little obedient child and fell into a sweet healing sleep. The Apostle Paul says that he could hardly know what to choose to depart and be with Christ or to stay in the sad world to help people here. But much as he longed to see Jesus, he chose to stay and do all he could to save and help. In the last chapter, I told you how blessed it is to learn by heart scripture verses on healing so that when we are tempted, we can use them to inspire our faith. You know the Bible says that, above all, we must take the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. It is wicked one in the Greek that means Satan, and faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I have asked a great many people to commit to memory the first 17 verses of the 8th chapter of Matthew, where I found that almost every question about healing is answered there. Also, I have seen such wonderful healing 
or this word is study. In low section of the animals that God called clean, chewed the cud as well as having divided hooks. Doesn't that mean that we are to choose the word of God? And first John says that the blessed man meditates in God's word day and night. It is not hard to do that when you know it by heart. When you waken in the small hours of the morning and thoughts of difficult things in your life trouble you, please open your heart to the Holy Spirit by praises to God, and He will faithfully bring the word you have learned to your remembrance. It will flow like a living a river of living water through your thoughts, driving God and fear away. Many of God's people have learned that sweet secret, and I want to teach it to you if you do not know it. I am supposing that you have learned these verses, Matthew 8, 1 through 17, and I am giving you some of them, giving you some of the light and comfort people have found in them. Verses 1 through 3. A poor leper came and worshipped him. He would have been afraid to come near anyone else because his place was among the tombs. But he could not fear the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God. No one is afraid of a lamb. Even a child will hug, hug a snowy lamb. Come to Jesus no matter how unworthy you feel. But the leper, leper has a doubt. He knows that the Lord Jesus can heal him. Somehow he cannot look into his eyes and doubt it. But will he? Trembling, he says, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. Jesus passes the gift out of his mouth with the glad, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and it was a joyful man who went to the priest to receive his bill of health. Do you ask where he healed me? You have his answer, I will. He tasted death for you as well as the leper. He cannot say yes to him and no to you. Then in verses 5 to 13, we have a very different case. The leper had incomplete faith, which the Lord Jesus finished, for he is the author and finisher of our faith. But the Roman centurion had great faith. Jesus said so. Why was it so great? Because in spite of his unworthiness, he said, I'm not worthy. He believed that Jesus would hear because he was cheating. And he was sure that the Lord Jesus had power to drive sickness away. Just as sure of that as he was that his servant would obey his orders, he knew everything he had to obey the Lord Jesus. Jesus said this Roman officer would sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom. Why? Because we sit down with our equals, and all Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did was to believe God's word. But it's so easy to please God. Only believe him, and he will do the rest. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. You can please him if you will. Put away anything you know to be wrong, or repent it not that they might believe. And rest your heart on his promises, they cover your every need. In verses 13 and 15, the Lord and his Peter's humble home and found the dear old grandmother very sick. Dr. Luke says she had a higher great service. Peter's little house belongs to Jesus. Peter says he forsakes all to follow the Lord. Everybody in the house is under the master's special care. So Jesus touches the hand, hardened by much toil, and the fever left her as she arose to minister to him and those with him. Have you given your home and all your loved ones to Jesus? I once lived with some saints who had given their house and all who lived in it to the Lord. When three of their little children were very sick, it seemed sure that there would be death in the home we prayed together. After we had done this, I went to my room, and there the Lord told me to give them the word, 
I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship, at 27.22. I had a fierce fight of faith before I was ready to give the message. From a medical viewpoint, death seemed certain for at least one of the little ones. The devil told me I would raise false hopes in their hearts and to get into awful trouble myself. When I was ready to trust God, I said, But the, but the Lord, but Lord, why should I say the words that of the ship? To forgive my message as I give it to you. I called them and solemnly told them what the Lord said. They received direct from God and never had a shadow of doubt. They did not seem to notice about the ship, so I felt I must say that God told me I must say about the ship. They were so happy about the children that they didn't seem to mind about the ship. Soon after, they lost their house, and of course all the children got well and are living yet. Now perhaps you will say, I have not found a case like I have not found a case like mine yet in this scripture passage. Well, wait a moment and read verses 16 and 17. When the evil would come, they brought unto him many that were oppressed with devils, and he cast out the spirits in his word and healed all that was sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and their sicknesses. Here we see that he healed all that was sick, and you can't get outside of all, can you? And he did it because the scriptures cannot be broken and have been prophesied by Isaiah 700 years before Christ came that he would do just that. The word still stands today. So, Father, we thank you that the scriptures cannot be broken, that Jesus healed them all. He has healed me. He healed everybody. We are healed. We thank you, Lord, that we are not sick, but we are the healed of the Lord. And we reverse sickness in Jesus' name. Satan, we bind you. We curse every symptom at the root. We curse every foul disease. We curse every tumor. We curse every infirmity. We curse every abnormality. We curse every malfunction. We curse these diseases at the root in the name of Jesus. Satan, you cannot have us. You will never have us. The Lord has us. And we do not receive your sickness and your symptoms in Jesus' name. We have no part in you, and you have no part in us. The blood of Jesus.
Thank you, Lord, that you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. And they bear us up in their hands, lest we dash our foot against the stone. And thank you, Lord, that we tread upon the lion and the adder. Anything that comes against us, Father, we step on it. It is under our feet. The young lion and the dragon we trample under feet. Because you set your love upon us, therefore will I deliver, will you deliver me. You will set us on high because we have known your name. So, Lord, we confess our love for you, and we thank you that we know your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we'll call upon you, and you will answer us. You will be with us in trouble. You will deliver us and honor us. And with long life, you will satisfy us and show us our salvation. So we thank you, Lord, that we can have long life and do anything in the name of Jesus. 3 John 1, 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Jeremiah 30, 17, I will restore health unto thee and heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Deuteronomy 7, 15, The Lord will take away from thee all sickness, every sickness, all sickness. There is no sickness too great that God will not take it away and will not put any of the evil diseases of Egypt which we know upon us, for he is the Lord that heals us. Psalm 118.17 says, I will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. 1 Peter 2.24 Through his own self there are sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness and by whose stripes we were healed. Psalm 107.20 He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his wonderful work among the sons of men. Exodus 15.26 I am the Lord that healeth thee. Proverbs 12:28, in the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Psalm 30, verse 2, O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. Cry unto the Lord right now. Ask his healing touch in your body. Thank him for his healing touch in your body right now in Jesus' name. Psalm 42.11 Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Isaiah 53.5 For he was wounded for our transgression. And he was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Matthew 8, 2-3 And behold, there came a leper, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So let us take a few minutes to worship the Lord right now 
and he is willing to make us heal, make us clean. Lord, we thank you, and we praise you, and we worship you. We obey your word. We know that you are able to do things, but when we worship you, we initiate our covenant with you, and all of the blessings and benefits are surely ours. You said if we would worship you and praise you, wealth and riches would be in our house, and that we would be healed and blessed forever. So we thank you, Jesus, that we, we can worship you and praise you. We lift our hands to you and we bow our knees to you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for healing us. Thank you, Lord, and we receive our daily bread today. You said that healing is bread for your children. And we thank you that we're receiving your word today as our portion of bread that heals us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for being you. Thank you, God, that you are God. We worship you and praise you. We exalt you and lift you up and magnify you. You are a great good God. You're way too good, Father, that we should suffer sickness. We magnify you and we make you bigger than our symptoms, Lord. You are much bigger than our symptoms, Jesus. You're bigger than anything that we face. You're bigger than anything that comes against us. Oh, we exalt you, Lord, and magnify you. We lift you up and exalt you, Jesus. You're way too big, God. Way too big. Way too big for this disease to run through our bodies and have its own way. We command you, disease, to stop right now where you are in Jesus' name. We command every tumor to shrivel up and die in the name of Jesus. We command every cell to come into line with God's word and be normal in Jesus' name. We command our bodies to fall in line with the perfect and good way that God created us in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you. Hallelujah. We're reading from the, the book, One Word from God, and we're reading on God's prescription for divine health by Gloria Copeland. Proverbs 4, 20 to 24 says, My son, attend to my word. Pay attention to God's word. Incline your ears to my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For thy life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. God's word heals our flesh. If we would just listen to it, give it attention, as we give it attention, it is healing our flesh. Right now, you are being healed by the word that you are listening to. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee the forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. There is a medicine so powerful that it can cure every sickness and disease known to man. It has no dangerous side effects. It is safe even in massive doses, and when taken daily according to directions, it can prevent illness altogether and keep you in vibrant health. Does that sound too good to be true? If not, I can testify to you by the word of God and by my own experience that such a supernatural medicine really exists. <clears throat> Even more importantly, it is available to you every moment of every day. You don't have to call your doctor to get it. You don't even have to drive to the pharmacy. 
All you must do is reach for your Bible, open to Proverbs 4, 20-24, and follow the instructions that you find there. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my saying, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep the word of God before you at all times. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health or medicine to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of forces of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. As simple as they might sound, those four verses contain the, contain the supernatural prescription to divine health. It's a powerful prescription that will work for anyone who will put it to work. If you have received healing by the laying on of hands, following this prescription will help you maintain that healing. If you have believed for healing but are, are experiencing lingering symptoms, it will help you stand strong until you are completely symptom-free. And if you are healthy now, it will help you stay that way, not just for a day or a week, but for the rest of your life. To understand how this prescription works, you must realize that the Word of God is more than just good information. It actually has life in it. As Jesus said in John 6:63, it is the Spirit that quickens or makes alive, for flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Every time you take the word into your heart, believe it and act on it, that life of which Jesus spoke, the very life of God himself, is released in you. You may have read the healing scriptures over and over again. You may know them as well as you know your own name. Yet every time you read them or hear them preach, they bring you a fresh dose of God's healing power. Each time, they bring fresh life to you and deliver God's medicine to your flesh.